Welcome to the Nil Nil Football Podcast. This is episode 24. Almost to a quarter of a hundred. Yeah. Almost at 25. Yes. All right. So, um, we come back after LHC played over the weekend. Uh, the They played over, I mean, they played against the Red Bulls at home. Uh, 12 o'clock <laughs> super hot day <laughs> um i know it was really hot what did you think of what you did see <laughs> okay so <laughs> i didn't see the whole game i did see the i want to say the first half i didn't see the second half mm-hmm. uh but from what i saw in the first half um it didn't look as threatening as i expected it to be um, it, it looked very even in the first half. It wasn't until the second half that you started noticing a difference between the two teams, the uh, which LAC. the result <laughs> exactly, which the result pretty much uh, reinforces the whole second half, which is where both goals came. Um, but I didn't think it was bad. I just thought maybe it was a little sluggish. Yep. Um, I think we started off good in the first 10 minutes, a lot of high press. We were definitely going behind their, um, the defenders and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but literally after the first 10 minutes, I think it was a couple of fouls and then that just slowed the game way down. And at that point yeah. it was just like throw in after throw in, like the ball kept going out of bounds. People kept following each other. It's really scrappy for like 10, 15 minutes. So there wasn't really right. anything much for them to do in the first half. Like at that point. I think both teams were out of rhythm. And mm-hmm. So, I mean, I want to say Red Bull had more shots on target, but they weren't dangerous whatsoever. All the shots were outside the box and straight at Kripo. Uh, LAFC yeah. didn't really shoot, so wasn't much going and on Kripo there. didn't have a mistake. He almost did, but that was in the second half. Yeah, but um, going back to what you said about Red Bulls not being dangerous, even though they were having chances in the first half i actually felt that exactly um even though they they were getting to the goal and getting shots on target i didn't feel that fear that you normally do when you're playing a team that's in good form where where one of those chances is just gonna end up at the back of the net this time around it just felt like oh they're getting there but there's just no threat yeah i mean it could be that we just got lucky because uh, Red Bulls were having um, flying issues trying to get to California from New York, as well mm-hmm. as their two best players being out with COVID. So, I mean, maybe we just got lucky. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but besides that, yeah, the second half was a lot better, especially uh, once we put our subs in. I mean, Red Bulls are probably tired from all the travel complications. Um, and mm-hmm. sure enough, you put Chicho in, Chicho scores like five seconds later. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I was mentioning to you uh, during the first half that I just felt that Chicho would have been a better option to put up front to pair up with Brian and uh, Yeah, I think so too, because I haven't really seen Opoku do anything. I think he scored like three goals off the bat. And then after that, Mm -hmm. he hasn't really done anything since. Um, Exactly. I feel like anytime that he's going to take a shot, he does it always a moment too late yep and i mean chicho is always there to save us i mean think about 
the Seattle game um, last last week, the one the, the game before this, mm-hmm. where right. I mean, we basically missing every goal or we're missing every shot pretty much, and then Chicho comes in with a random header that gets to the goal. I mean, given mm-hmm. he probably should have scored two, but uh, either way, he gets us the goals when we need him. Right, exactly, and that's why I was glad to see him come in and make a impact as soon as he stepped on the field. Yeah. Um, then I think two minutes after that, um, he's the one. It was a corner kick, a Red Bull corner kick, and then uh, Chicho was the one that cleared the ball toward mm-hmm. um, Brian, um, and. Brian didn't really have to do anything. He just didn't. He tried to move that he hasn't tried before, which is not touching the ball, and that worked. <laughs> what? I know. He actually tried something different. <laughs> yeah, and he actually got around the player, and luckily he was able to keep the composure enough to set up um, Chiki. And Chiki barely mm-hmm. scored. I mean, it was a good finish, but that's his first goal for LAFC. You know, I had a slight fear when he was going to take that shot that he was taking it an extra touch that need did not need to be taken. Yeah, when I saw it too, I was just like, just shoot it, stop being fancy, but, you know. Luckily, right, yeah, it's like, okay, you did the cutback, okay, now shoot, now shoot, now shoot, let it go. Yeah, but that didn't happen, so. Luckily, he did shoot, and it turned into a goal, and we won, I mean, after, after that second goal, I mean, Red Bull didn't really pose any threats anymore. I think there was one more shot that he had, but again, it was right at Crepo, so it wasn't mm-hmm. really that dangerous. Uh, pretty straightforward game, pretty easy. Um, and just, you know, it's one of those where we just turn up in the second half and we get the win, right? Yeah, and luckily they did turn up in the in the second half. It's still not a convincing performance, uh, for me at least. Mm-hmm. I think that they still have a lot of work to do in order to solidify them being a threat you know because right now it just doesn't make sense the way they have been playing and the results that they've been getting and then still being uh, on top of the table yeah so i I think they they need to i don't know they have to kind of like go back in time mentally to the beginning of the season where they were playing that very aggressive style uh and taking command of each game Yeah, I know. Um, but that that pretty much sums up that game. The only other game we did watch was uh, Philly NYCFC. Yeah, that was a pretty good game. Um, Philly ended up taking that one two to one. Uh, potential penalties towards the end, right? Um, I think they chose. It was a last minute. Um, NYCFC was arguing for a penalty. But mm-hmm. it's kind of tough. It's more like it bounced up and hit the guy in the hand as he was trying to clear yeah. it, but it wasn't really intentional or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's one of those where, you know, where you get hit in the hand inside the box, and even though it wasn't intentional, you definitely were blocking like a center or a shot. Right. It pretty much like the goal that they did get. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It was pretty much like, um, it was pretty much just like the ball bounced straight up and touched somebody's hand. That's it. Yeah, no. I I mean, in in comparison to the one where they ended up getting the the goal in this game, that is exactly how you explained it. The guy was sliding, 
His hand was in the way of where the ball was going to get passed through and deflected it. Yep. So that goes to be a penalty. Yep. And um, crazy last minute goal. So random. Like there's so yeah, much that, action in that, that game. That I didn't see. You did see that one. Yeah, there's so much action in that game like right at the end. The most mm-hmm. of it was boring pretty much. Yeah, they were very even when it came to being back and forth. And it's not like they were evenly matched in the sense of they were both playing their game well enough that they were canceling each other out. It was more like both teams were kind of turning it over a lot. And it was just a matter of time before um, each one got a chance that actually passed the goalie and went to the back of the net. I mean, capitalize is the word you're looking for. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, but, yeah, that last-minute goal, they I think a guy just took a random shot and deflected on one of the Philadelphia Union players as he was running back. Mm-hmm. And luckily, it went in the goal, but they marked it offside since he was running back. But when he checked the replay, he was onside. And the player, the like his teammate right behind him was the one that was offside. But um, right. I think it was fair to call it a goal, but it, uh, it was so lucky. It's so lucky. I wouldn't say that Philadelphia played better and deserved to win mm-hmm. the game, but, you know, they ended up getting lucky. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all it comes down to in that game. Um, any other scores that maybe stood out to you? I mean, I didn't really watch anything else, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, out of the scores that we do have, uh, I think the only one that I thought was interesting is the Miami Minnesota two to one. But I feel like we both predicted Miami was going to win on that one. Yeah. And then um, Austin and Dallas drawing at two two. Yeah, I think that one uh, Dallas was winning two nil, and Austin was playable call call their way back to a tie. Which mm-hmm. is good for us because they come back, or they're gonna visit LAFC with a feeling of basically losing two points, right? Right. Um. Anyway, uh, let's not. I think that's. I mean, that's all I have to say. Unless you got something else to say about that match week. No, no. I think it pretty much sums it up. Um, I, I want to say a lot of the results were. Uh, similar to what I was predicting, um, maybe not exactly the teams that I was choosing, but the results were very similar. You know, I, I said that I was being very repetitive by choosing two to one and looking at the score sheets. Uh, we have quite a bit of those uh, Montreal, Toronto, Miami, uh, Philadelphia. So a good five, four games that were around a two to one scoreline so yeah uh all right let's talk about some news okay so uh, i mean lafc just signed you know a small player you know small uh, small attacking (laughs) Uh, 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 small attacking uh, player a little little known player yeah, by the name of Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay, I'm pretty sure everybody in the world knows uh, that Killini's already here. 
yeah. I mean, he's he's not here yet. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, isn't he getting presented like in a week? I think tomorrow is what I heard. But I mean, that's just rumors. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, Gareth Bell decided to sign LAFC, and I think everybody was surprised by that signing, mostly because. Nobody had any idea that LAFC was going to make another signing, as well as Gareth Bale wasn't really hinting at where he was going anyway. Um, yeah, uh, to me, it just caught me by surprise completely. Yeah. Um, it's the last transfer I would have expected to happen. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. Yeah, um, when I was checking the feed... Uh, Normally, people already have rumors started before LAFC even announces that they're, you know, making a signing. And the way that LAFC does it is they'll post a box with an LAFC hat, like a a shipping box. And when they close the box, it'll say, like, domestic shipping or international shipping, depending on where the (laughs) signing's from. So a lot of our MLS signings that we did uh, in the offseason to build the current team we have now, a lot of them were domestic signing, but... Um, I think it was Thursday when they posted it that it said international shipping. And I was just so, so confused because mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't heard rumors from anywhere. So I went on Twitter. I did some, some research. Um, nobody had any idea who the signing is. Everybody had guesses. They're saying uh, El Munir, who used to play in Barcelona. That right. was going to be our attacking signing, uh, which is I mean, if you compare to them, Gareth Bale, like they're not even close in quality. <laughs> no, that's um, definitely like a huge difference. Yeah, like nobody had any clue it was Gareth Bale. Um, and to be honest, like ever since Gareth Bale left Real Madrid, like since we knew he was leaving, like mm-hmm. honestly, I haven't paid attention to where he was going to go. I just assumed he was going to go like to, the to cha- another European yeah, team, yeah, to the Championship or something like that. Yeah, uh, just like to play it out to while he warms up for the World Cup, but. Um, yeah, and then they, the next day, they, it's it's leaked because I'm pretty sure all the, a lot of the, was it the journalists were trying to get a scoop on this, given the LAC right. not to signing and nobody could tell you who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it came out from a journalist named Tom Bogert, who is uh, one of the credible sources in the MLS, who's usually one of the first um, to know. Yeah, to to announce stuff so uh, he came out with the news in the morning that mm-hmm. gareth bell signed with lafc and like and that's when basically the internet exploded yeah that golf show must have been really good huh yep <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh when that announcement was made uh basically i i check the transfers every day just to make sure just to see if there's anything big going on. But when that announcement was made, like, everybody was talking about it. I think the MLS posted about, like, six posts <laughs> straight of Gareth mm-hmm. Bale. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Like I we, feel like everybody's just confused by that move. Yeah. Uh, I could tell you, because I've been, I've been watching uh, YouTube videos about what they're saying in England and stuff like that, especially Welsh fans, too. Yeah, um, what is everybody's reaction to Gareth Bale moving to LA? Based because on what, you said that he was originally going to go to Cardiff, right? Yeah. Based on what I've seen, uh, a lot of people, 
in Europe don't watch the MLS, so they can't really... They're judging it based on what they think the MLS is versus what it actually is. So mm, Kind of like, like how they judge what the country is, saying, oh, the U.S. is California, Texas, and New York. Yeah. So pretty much all they're saying is like, oh, the level's not good enough for him. He's, he's going to wipe the floor with the league. Uh, he's going to go retire. He's just going to go play golf. He's, he's given up on soccer pretty much. I feel like everybody's making the whole golf joke, though. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I don't have a problem with that because when Vela came over, he, he, wanted to play basketball. he wanted to watch basketball, pretty much. And that, I mean, he broke the scoring record. So if we get something similar to that, I don't have an issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, we're getting good quality, even though he, you know, just wasn't on good terms with the team for a long while. I think he still has that elite level play in him. Yeah, I agree too. But um, yeah, Gareth Bale, uh, he didn't really play much last season. Main mm-hmm. thing, uh, he was heavily rumored with Cardiff, as you mentioned before. Uh, main reason being that was where he was born. That's where he grew up. So that's his hometown right. club. The only issue with that is that the championship is a very aggressive league. Um, they play twice a week a lot of the time. So I think like Tuesdays and mm-hmm. Sundays they play. And for somebody like Bale, you can't play that many games, especially with his injury history. Right. Um, and him wanting to stay fit for the World Cup as well. Yeah, because basically at this point, if he picks up a big injury, it's it's uh, it's pretty much he's pretty much out of the World Cup. Right, and that's the that's what he's trying to avoid. Yeah, so he was, uh, the talks were pretty advanced with Cardiff, um, and I think as soon as LAFC made an offer, I think it only took about one day for him to say yes. <laughs> really? Just like that? Yeah, and everybody was surprised, especially journalists and stuff like that, how fast it was. Um, yeah. Many speculate that the main reason he signed with LAFC, apart from the golf courses, um, <laughs> it's just like the the level of play isn't as aggressive as the championship is. Um, right, he can take it more easygoing. There's not as much, you know, media over here that would badmouth him or make him feel like, you know, uh, basically just unappreciated. Yeah, yeah, just attack him nonstop. Because back when he was in Real Madrid, that's all he got from the Spanish media. Uh, right, same thing would happen that in is, England. Yeah, I mean th- that's kind of like what the Spanish media is infamous for is judging the players in the league extremely harsh. Yeah. And so obviously the MLS isn't like that. We like to, you know, promote our stars. We like to make our stars happy. We like to make them feel special. And mm-hmm. that's why I think we have a lot of people um, coming Opting over here. to go to the MLS yeah. over other leagues. Even some people, even though some people say that the, the competition isn't as good as other leagues, anything like that, people still choose to come over here for a reason. Um, but, right. Yeah, many speculate his reason is just he'd be more comfortable over here. You got sunny weather, it's just like Spain. Um, sunny mm-hmm. weather all year round, beautiful location. You got all the golf courses. He can play <laughs> as much as he wants. Um, That's the main part. He'll be a and little. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that he's uh, not going to mind if he just doesn't play like like this week where we had a game on Sunday, and then. The teams are going to play again tomorrow, yeah. on Wednesday. 
I'm sure that he wouldn't mind not being in the squad for one of those games. Yeah, uh, I don't think he would mind too much either. Uh, but it sounds like he is, he is coming to actually play. It's not like he just wants you know somewhere to train for six months. Um, right. The main thing is that I was watching an interview with John Thorrington, who is, you know, our president mm-hmm. that basically helps us sign the players and all that. Um, and he's right. saying that um, when he started talks with Bale, he would start it off as in, like, what do you want out of a club? And mm-hmm. based on what Gareth Bale replied, John Thorrington's like, you basically described LAFC. And we can offer you that. What works for you, we can we can give that to you. And right. pretty much that's all it took to get Gareth Bale over. And we literally, we signed him on a TAM deal. He's not even a DP. So we mm-hmm. literally said, we can only offer you one in like 1.6 million. That's as much as we can offer you. And he's like, okay. And he's not doing it for the money because he took like a $30 million pay cut or something like that to yeah. come over here. I want to say that's probably the part that shocked me the most. Is that we got him on a non-DP slot. Mm-hmm. Because you would imagine for a player of that quality and of that fame that you'd have to fork over some good amount of cash for him. Well, that's there's still that possibility. So the way that this deal is structured is that it's a, it's a TAM deal. He's a normal player. If we decide to extend them further past the original, uh, I want to say one year the original one year contract he'll mm-hmm. become a dp automatically at mm, that point okay. we would you know greatly raise his wages and he'd be getting paid you know more like the star that he is pretty much right but you know there's a lot of speculation that he's just going to be here for the year and probably end up going you know to cardiff where he was supposed to go until he mm-hmm. switches his mind um which i don't have a problem with that you know gareth bell for a year you know it's still gareth bell right yeah, it's it's not a bad deal. And again, uh, just the business side of it, getting him for one year for that little. And like you said, him voluntarily being okay to cut his wages down that much and just wanting to play. I think that's probably what's going to yield the results at the end. Yeah. Um, and I've been watching interviews by people who used to play with Gareth Bale. Mm-hmm. And he's even quiet to his teammates, so not even his teammates would know where he'd be going. But well, at least there's no other language that he'd have to learn playing here. Yeah, exactly, because he hasn't learned Spanish at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of the teammates speak Spanish, but it'd probably be easier living in a city where we speak both, right? Right. Um, but uh, what a lot of his ex-teammates were saying is that he does actually like playing soccer. It's just that, right. you know, the media makes him out to be like, he cares more about golf. But mm-hmm. what he's explained before is that he's like, why can't I play golf and then play at the same time? You know, people in basketball play golf and then they play the game like right after their, their golf. <laughs> right. It, one has nothing to do with the other one. It's like, it's yeah. not like it's going to interfere with it. It doesn't make sense why... Um, they would say, oh, that's why you're a bad player, because you're fo- focusing on golf. Yeah, and John... It's a, it's a hobby. Yeah, and John Thornton was quick to shut that down. 
um, mm-hmm. when he was giving his interview, he just basically said, he's like, everybody's judging him about the golf. But you can play golf and play soccer at the same time. There's not an issue. You don't have to play one to not play the other, you know? Right. And um, he seems really happy with the signing. Gareth Bell seems super happy. I, I mean, he's posted, like, I think three or four photos already in LAFC mm-hmm. gear. And he keeps retweeting stories from LAFC saying, let's go. And he looks so yeah. happy to come over. I just want to see what the day's like when he's actually here. Like, this first day. Because I, right. I bet it's going to go crazy around here. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, a lot of the English media are, you know, as you would expect, judging the move, saying that of he's course. given up on his career, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people just don't get why you'd go to the MLS. A lot of Welsh people are also, you know, it makes sense that he would be upset because he was going to go to Wales to play. Because, you know, right. Cardiff, but just to go to LA instead. Um, and a lot of people were like, why? And I think I heard one fan say that they'd rather him go to League One than the MLS because the level is absolutely terrible in the MLS, which clearly that just shows that the guy doesn't watch the league. Um, right. Not you go. I mean, it's all about every fan having pride in their league. Yeah. And that's understandable. Uh, you're always going to have a much lower view of someone else's league than your own. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no competitive competitiveness to it. Um, just like the interview that we were watching about um, the comparison in the Mexican League versus the American League. Yeah. And they were saying how it's not competitive, then there were definite points given showing how it's much more competitive c- compared to how the Mexican League is now. Mm-hmm. And they just kept changing the subject to, well, it's just not that great to watch in comparison, you know. So it makes sense, you know, that there's a, a, this sense of pride to it. But I think they should at least give it a try and look at it because everybody else around the world does L- yeah. look at their league. We all look at Premier League. We all look at the Bundesliga and the the Spanish league and we admire it. We're not saying that it's worse than where we're from just because it's not our league. Yeah. And I mean, the MLS is shown in a bunch of countries. So obviously mm-hmm. there's a market for it. It's just people. Yeah. I think people are afraid to admit they like watching soccer instead of football. Right? <laughs> exactly. But in the end, you know, it's his decision to make the move. And I feel like his reasoning for it is pretty clear. I don't think that there's any confusion, confusing reason that you you might wonder, oh, why did he make that move? It's, it's pretty clear and obvious. He wants to stay fit. He doesn't want to get injured. And he's prepping for the World Cup. And he wants if to be happy. He feels and he wants to be happy, most of all. And honestly, I think you get the best out of your player when they are happy. Well, we, we proved um, it with Villa. Exactly. And um, and on top of that, for now, like you said, it's 12 months. If he enjoys it here, if he likes playing in the league, that might turn into more than one year. Who knows? And if he decides to go to Cardiff, perfectly fine. You know, it, he's... It's his career. He can decide to do with it what he wants. 
Um, a lot of the, so apart from the British media, um, a lot of the Mexican media has been going crazy with news of that signing as well. Um, it's basically sparked a lot of debates on whether uh, is MLS getting ahead of Liga Mekis when it comes to making big signings. Um, mm-hmm. I think one guy pointed out the last big signing that Liga MX made was Gignac, and that was years ago. That that really was years ago. Um, lately, all the all the bombazos that they brag about lately have just been players that they buy back who used to be in the league, whether that be Mexicans right. or foreigners. So, like Cabecito Rodriguez, right? He was mm-hmm. a player that LAFC was after. Who right? He was with Cruz Azul when Cruz Azul won the title. After they won the title, he left to Qatar, Saudi Arabia, or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, pretty much just sat on the bench for six months. Um, oh, really? He didn't even play? Yeah. Nope. I think he did. He scored three goals or four goals, and like two of them were penalties or something. Well, that's quite a paycheck for just sitting around. Yeah, so the I think the club just wanted to get rid of him. And um, LAFC actually offered to buy him. He rejected us for the second time. And he chose America mm-hmm. instead, and that's America's biggest signing of the season, which is buying a bag of player who sat on the bench who used to be in the Amex, you know, six months ago. Right, and that's a completely different news story to a player who was sitting on the bench, or, well, maybe not even in the squad for most of the season. But then again, look at what player it is, what league they were in, and what team they were in. Yeah, and he won his fifth Champions League doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it, it's it's very different to to showboat about that signing in comparison, and then just proceed to call the other league. Oh, it's just not that competitive. That's why. Yeah, I mean, look at the signings lately. I mean, you got Kilini, you got Gareth Bale. You got Insigne, you got Ache Ache, um, who, mm-hmm. you know, went to Houston. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch more that we could talk about. I'm probably missing somebody. Um, Douglas Costa went to Galaxy, right? Right, exactly. Um, and then the Liga MX signings are just, you know, a couple of guys from South America, some guys that used to be in the league, Nestor Araujo from Santa Vigo, where he wasn't playing that great. Uh, Chivas mm-hmm. is trying to re- reinforce themselves with Orbelin, who doesn't want to give up playing in Europe, you know. Uh, right. A lot of their signings are basically just old players. They haven't brought anybody new or exciting. There's rumors with Deluca about Luke de Jong and Cavani, but it just seems like those are just rumors. Nothing's happened from that Okay, Cavani whatsoever. I could maybe see happening, yeah. but not the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I feel like the Mexican teams and league tend to stick to comfort. Yep. And that's why they keep going after the same players. The same way that they keep recycling the same coaches. managers and coaches yeah. with each club. Uh, you never really see a fresh face when it comes to a coach in in Liga MX. Um, and that's why you keep seeing the same faces when it comes to the players as well. The only time you end up seeing exciting new talent is when you see a young player who comes up through the ranks in some youth system and 
they're the ones that you're like, oh, that's a new player. Well, they didn't come from any any external source. They just came from the country. And unfortunately for them, it's very difficult for them to get sold. Yeah, because they charge very high prices. And at this point, young South American talent is going straight to MLS instead because they feel like that's their better option than going straight to Europe than going to Liga MX. Right? Oh, yeah, look at what LAFC is doing. What, like sending Diego Rossi to Fenerbahce? Technically, mm-hmm. we didn't sell, um, what's his name? Uh, Edward Atuesta. We didn't sell Edward Atuesta to Europe, but we did send him to, you know, basically the biggest team in Brazil at the moment. Right. So, like, there's yeah. definitely upward momentum to gain from going to the MLS. Yeah, and um, what was the other team that normally ends up... Uh shipping out talent is it fc dallas yep yeah so look at that it, it, there's more talent going out from the mls in my opinion than from the guy mickey's oh 100 i mean when's the last time you heard somebody go to europe um what was it linus was the last one i remember yeah i mean there's been a couple here or there but they, they just sat on the bench really mm-hmm yeah, that's that's the thing. The majority of them do end up sitting on the bench. Yep. And yeah, so basically, uh, all the all the Mexican TV shows. I mean, Football Picante. You got El the Fox Deportes. That's another one. Mm-hmm. They they're all just saying like MLS is. They've passed us at this point. Sure, mm-hmm. it's not as competitive. Uh, Liga MX has you know a better atmosphere for now. But right. in terms of structure, in terms of economy, in terms of uh, stadium quality, in terms of how they treat the players, in terms of the signings that they're making, in terms of exporting players, like all the boxes that you want to tick in terms of creating a league, I think right. USA is already beating Mexico at that point. Yeah, and I want to say that one of the things that maybe the Mexican league had over the MLS was having that relegation yeah and as soon as they eliminated that for me i feel like the the not the quality but the intensity of it's a do or die kind of match or a do or die kind of season it it disappeared right away because there's no immediate threat for any of the bottom teams nope and i think all you have to do is just pay a fine if you finish at the bottom or something like that yeah, and if you can just pay it, what's the point? Yep. Um, so, that's basically all the news surrounding Bale. I'm sure we're going to talk more as, you know, the, he actually visits or actually comes to California and mm-hmm. takes a tour of the stadium and whatnot. And then when, we, when he plays his first game, I'm sure the internet's going to go crazy then too. But for now, yeah. that's all of it. Uh, we'll talk about the Georgia Chiellini signing another time when we review all the final transfers made during the summer transfer window. How about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, no, that sounds good to me. um, On other news, um, we basically, or actually, uh, Carlos Vela re-signed as a DP. That's the big news. So, um, I think he was, I don't know, was it like a week or two days away from his contract ending? I think it was like, it was a couple of days, I think. Yeah, but we pretty much, uh, or it got leaked at the same time as the Gareth Bale thing. 
So LFC had to postpone that announcement till today is when they mm-hmm. officially stated that he resigned. But everybody was already talking about him resigning. Even John Thorrington was already saying like, oh, yeah, he resigned with us. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. So I've been watching Carlos Vela interviews as well as, you know, John Thornton talked about it. Um, Marco Garces, who's the director of operations, he talked about mm-hmm. it. That's the guy that we got from Pachuca to run the, the club. Oh, right, right. And from the Vela interviews, what have you been able to understand of his mentality? Because I've been curious because I know that his quality isn't the same as it was, you know, on his best season, mm-hmm. 2019. So what is he thinking now? So he said uh, some really interesting things. So you would assume he'd want to go back to Europe like ASAP, right? At least, yeah. That by by what you had mentioned to me before, that's uh, what I would or imagine. Or by what it seemed, because like, I think his wife is Spanish, so probably wanted to go back there or something. Right. But, um, from what he said, he said he had three options. So he had got in contacted by Liga MX teams and he listened to their proposals. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what he wanted, um, the first was he wanted to stay at LAFC. That was his first option. That's what he wanted the most. He wanted to stay in the city. Right. He wanted to renew. He didn't want to leave the team until we won a trophy. Um, mm-hmm. His second option was to go back to Europe. Like He just wants to go back if he can't stay here. So right. he, if he could not renew here, he would have listened to offers from Europe. And then the third would have been probably like Liga Meggies or something like that. But he said they weren't mm-hmm. really close to getting him whatsoever um, based on the talks they're having. And yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to the Mexican league, they always want their side to be mm-hmm. like a 70-30 kind of split. Yeah. You know, they want to make more of the profit in terms of the contract than what the player is going to get out of it. Yep. And uh, from what both John Thornton and Carlos Vela both said was that you would think that Bale would have influenced his decision, but this was basically agreed before that was even announced mm-hmm. or before anybody knew about that, that they were both working to renew him. It was at this point just a business deal working out all the little kinks in terms of the money and stuff like that. But they, right. Carlos Vela and LFC both wanted him to stay, pretty much. So <laughs> you had two sides working toward the same goal. It seemed like it was an ev- inevitable. It just took a little bit longer than you know initially thought. But right, he was always wanting to stay here. That was that was just plan A from the beginning. Yep, like it was never a doubt for him. He he just wanted to play for LFC still, mm-hmm. and I mean. Until he wins a trophy, he's gonna stay here. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that. Though. Oh yeah, and some people asked him. He's like, they're like, they interviewed him. They're like, you think the signings make you guys favorites? And he was like, well, we were favorites before the signings even got here. It's like we've been doing a great job. All the players have gotten us into first place. We're already here. <laughs> What the signing does do is to help solidify our position and make sure that happens at the end of the season. So, sure, I'm exactly. excited about that. But, you know, we've done our hard work. We've already first place. We're already favorites. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I kind of like that. It's not that he doesn't like the signings. It's more like, you know, give us our credit. We did some good work. 
Right, yeah. Because the way that reporters are viewing this and any analyst is viewing this is, well, anything that you've done before is cleaned out because of your new players coming in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he seemed really happy about that. He said he loves the city. He feels like home. Uh, having mm-hmm. this many Mexicans in one city just, you know, doesn't make him miss home at all. He yeah. blends in. It's helpful. Everybody speaks his language. And his family loves, his family really loves living there. So they don't really have a problem staying for a couple more years. Oh, that's good. That's really, really good to hear. Yeah. And then it's kind of, yeah, it's good because he doesn't really talk about that kind of stuff usually. But he seems real happy to be here. So that's good for us. I don't mind that he's still a DP. Um mm-hmm. As long as he's happy, we've seen that he plays well, right? Right, yeah. And honestly, like I, I feel like that should always be the priority, is player happiness. Yeah. Uh, because, like I mentioned, that's when you get the most out of your player. And it's not that happiness where they just feel that they're in complete control of the club. Like, they have it hostage. Like, oh, if, if there's one little thing I don't like, then I'm gone. Well, if that happens then you're gone and we'll just get someone else you know but their their happiness will reflect on the field i think yep so let's hope he gets a goal in the next match but i think that was the two biggest news outside Mm -hmm. of the field that we've seen so far why is there news inside of the field no just talking about like the matches next matches to happen and speaking of next matches we got Matches coming up tomorrow on Wednesday. All right, Danny, you lead us through those then. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we've got a couple of matches uh, Wednesday and Thursday for our next matchup date. And we're going to start off with Cincinnati versus New York City FC. And that was going to be at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? I think it's interesting considering that NYCFC just lost to a last-minute winner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. I definitely think they're going to try to bounce back. I'll be interested to know if they can bounce back and play like how they're usually playing or if maybe there's a little bit more wrong here in terms of how the coach just left to Belgium and they're now you know, under basically an interim for now, right? So right. I wonder if they're going to start performing badly or is this just... The coach leaving doesn't really have anything to do with how the team performs as a whole, right? Uh, if uh, if you ask me, I would say that it does definitely affect it, and it was very, very evident in the last game because in a lot of their link of plays, it just looked like they they were confused. A lot of the passes that were they were making were not completed passes. Uh, a player would just let it pass by and it would immediately ended up in a turnover uh, for a Philadelphia player to pick up. So uh, you can, you can easily tell that there is some confusion on the field as to what they're supposed to be playing like. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Well, we'll see. I think for this match, they'll bounce back and defeat Cincinnati, but uh, I mean, anything's possible in this league. Yeah, I feel that New York, just based on name, would be the obvious choice to go for in this matchup. 
Uh, but I feel like Cincinnati's just kind of been slightly underrated in, uh, a bit. And they've actually been getting some decent results when they come against some teams that have had some decent form. Uh, like they played Orlando on Friday and they ended up winning that matchup. Uh, so I feel that Cincinnati can actually pull out a win. If we look back uh, one weekend before that, uh, they ended up playing against Philadelphia, which was New York's opponent this past weekend. And they ended up drawing that game, Philadelphia and Cincinnati, 1-1. So if I had to just build my prediction based on those two matchups, I'd say that Cincinnati has what it takes to actually get a win over New York. Yeah, but would you go with them? I would, yes. Okay, okay. Cheeky, cheeky Nando's. Yeah, especially because of what you said, the whole coach leaving them kind of having slightly of an identity crisis, not having an actual coach to work under. Anyway, um, on to the next one, we have Toronto and Columbus at 4.30 as well tomorrow Wednesday. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? Well, didn't Toronto get the win over get the win over the weekend? Yes, Toronto ended up getting the win over Atlanta two to one. While Columbus, I don't believe. Uh, oh, while Columbus did not win nor lose, they drew nil uh, nil against Salt Lake. I think Toronto might win this one. Especially with yeah, uh, Insignia signing, giving them a mental boost. Yeah. Is he going to be available for this matchup? Well, he was officially presented it over the weekend. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be available, but we'll see. If he is, I would be very interested to see this game. Yeah, I, I think they'd still give him like a bit more time to adapt to the city. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you wanted a bit more information on uh, Toronto and Columbus's form, the matchups before this weekend, uh, Toronto ended up losing against uh, Red Bulls 2-0, and Columbus ended up tying against Charlotte 1-1. Uh, for me, yeah, it's very limited information, and it's been quite some time between those two matchups, but... Based on all that, I would still say that even though Toronto lost to Red Bulls that game, um, I'd say that Red Bulls were at a stronger form in that one compared to the one that we faced. Uh, so I'd say Toronto's probably going to be taking a win away from Columbus tomorrow. Okay. Okay, on to our next matchup. It's going to be Chicago versus Philadelphia, and that game is going to be at 5 p.m. On Wednesday. All right, Philadelphia. All right, next game. <laughs> Come on. Honestly, yeah, oh, there, there's you? nothing to go into this. Uh, Philadelphia, yeah. hands down. All Chicago, uh, has follow... is, all Chicago has is Gaga. He's leaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chicago is really, really struggling right now. They are at the bottom of the table still, if I am not mistaken. Yeah, okay, um, logo. Yeah. <laughs> Their baseball logo. Anyway, uh, the next matchup is Seattle versus Montreal. That's also going to be on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Well, that might be a good one. I think uh, Montreal's decent, isn't it? 
Montreal has been a lot more consistent when it comes to their games lately. Uh, they ended up getting a win over the weekend over Charlotte, 2-1. to one. Yeah, you're welcome. I told you that was going to happen. You did. Uh, the weekend before that, they ended up uh, losing against Austin, 1-0. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that was way longer ago because that was the international break. Uh, but they had a win over Cincinnati 4-3. Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, they've been How's more Seattle? or less consistent. How's Seattle's form? Seattle, uh, well, we tied with them, right? I remember that, but I want to say, like, look, what happened this last weekend? This weekend, uh, let me see. I believe... Where is their matchup? Oh, here it is. Um, Seattle ended up winning 3-0 against Kansas City. Okay, well, that's Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't really give you too much uh, information to work with. The weekend before that was against LAFC, and that was a draw, 1-1. Before that, they ended up having a midweek game on the 14th against Vancouver and they won that one again against them 4-0. Uh so that's kind of like the Kansas City matchup, not really giving you too much information. And their furthest away matchup uh was before the international break and that was against Charlotte 2 to 1. Okay. I want to say I was going to go with Montreal, but I think Seattle's officially back to their season end form considering we're halfway through the season uh you right know how they start terribly finish well so i think they're in the part now where they're finishing well so right yeah no i completely agree i feel like seattle is gonna come away with a win against montreal yeah All okay right. our our next matchup will be held at 7 30 p.m tomorrow wednesday mm-hmm. and that's going to be between the galaxy and minnesota minnesota are you going to go biased or are you going to go analytical on this? I'm going to go analytical and say the Galaxy's probably going to win considering that Minnesota's at the bottom, but I hope they tie. So <laughs> I'm going to go for a tie. I'm biased I mean, at the if, end of If you really want to be biased, you might as well just go for Minnesota win. <laughs> but I'm also going to go with a more realistic approach, and I'm going to say Galaxy are going to win this game uh, probably just by one goal, how they've been doing for most of the season yeah uh following game it's going to be at the same time 7 30 it's another la game that's going to be lafc versus fc dallas uh wednesday lfc's gonna win <laughs> oh, of course of course <laughs> uh dallas ended up drawing over the weekend two to two um and Against as you had mentioned as you had mentioned that draw came from them giving giving Austin the chance to catch up. So they technically lost the lead rather than finished at a draw. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think LSC is going to win. What is your score prediction? Uh, LAFC 3, FC Dallas 1. Okay. Um I had in mind LAFC 3 and Dallas 2. 
Oh, you want to make it a banger, huh? I think it just make it that much more exciting. But I feel like uh, I feel like it's a very real possibility for Dallas to score two on us. Yeah, it could happen. And finally, the last game for Wednesday, it's going to be also at 7.30, and it's going to be between Portland and Houston. I'm going to go with Houston on this one. Okay, and I'm going to go with Portland again on this one. Last time we discussed the matchup between Portland and Colorado. You said Colorado was going to take it away. I chose Portland, and that came out in my favor, 3-0. Uh, and I feel like this is going to be much of the same uh, against Houston. Think Portland's back? I think Portland's starting to show signs of life again. Yeah. Whack. <laughs> I really do think that they're they're starting to come back into some sort of form. They ended up drawing against the Galaxy the weekend before that, one one. And before the international break, uh, they ended up losing against Miami. Yeah, I'm still uh, Houston. Okay, no, no. I mean, that's pers- perfectly reasonable. Uh, they in- Before the international break, they lost 3-0 against Salt Lake. And last weekend, they ended up uh, also losing against Orlando 2-1. And they won this weekend, so... One win in three games. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Uh, I'm still thinking Portland's going to win on this one. I believe that they're going to be taking away a win. Uh, Now moving on to the two final games of this midweek matchups. And it's going to be on Thursday. That's first one's going to be at 4 p.m. between Charlotte and Austin. Austin's winning that one for sure. I think just they got too much attacking power, and Charlotte still hasn't quite figured it out yet, considering they also fired their coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. I should have told you I, that before the last prediction. No, no, no. You, you did mention it to me. But I still think it's like way too early for them to fire their coach. <laughs> yeah, it's their first coach ever. Like, it just doesn't make sense why you would fire your coach. It's not like they were doing terribly. No. Let me see. Um, they're ninth place in the Eastern Conference overall. It's not bad. Well, it's not bad. That's better than Atlanta, Toronto, Columbus, DC United, and Chicago. Teams that have had pretty decent seasons in the last couple of years. Yeah. And this is their first season, so I don't think that the team was doing all that bad. Six wins, nine losses, two draws. That's not too bad. So I'm a little confused by why they would end up firing their coach just like that. But, hey, they're the ones in charge. Trying to seem like one of those big teams that's like, you either succeed or you're fired. You know, one of them. So they want to be... What team is that? Oh, Manchester United? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, Everton. Everton, that's also a good one. Yeah. yeah. And we see how that's been going. And they've been doing wonderful. Well, they haven't been uh, relegated, so it's pretty good. Ah, they were so close. So close. Uh, in this matchup, I'm also going to choose Austin. I don't think there's much to discuss on that. 
Uh, as much as I do like Charlotte and I would like to see them winning, uh, Austin, like you mentioned, is just much more pa- powerful this season. And I feel like we might end up seeing somewhat of a goal fest in this matchup. Really? Yeah, possibly. Maybe like a 4-1. Dang, I'm going to go with a 3-0. Okay, well, we'll see what it actually ends up being. The final matchup for Thursday uh, it's going to be at 5 p.m., and that's going to be between the New York Red Bulls versus Atlanta, where uh, Gonzalo Pineda is still struggling to find some sort of consistency with his team. Yeah, you would think after leaving Seattle, he would have turned Atlanta into like Seattle 2.0, but it just doesn't seem... Maybe, maybe since he started off, maybe he's yet to reach his finish the season good part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's still quite a bit of season to go. We don't know what the full story is yet. Uh, but I think I would agree with you on on that whole idea of having seen Atlanta in a much better position, uh, him coming out of Seattle. Uh, but then again, we know that that's not always the case. Just look at the Premier League with Man City and Arsenal. You know, Arteta, Arteta being the assistant to um, Pep, but Arsenal isn't doing as great as Man City is. Yeah. They're definitely not winning the league. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. And at least for Atlanta United and uh, Gonzalo Pineda, it doesn't look like it's going to be any easier anytime soon. Um, do you think that the Red Bulls are going to be winning this game with all of their missing players or uh, do you think that this might end up being more like a draw i think red bulls are still pretty decent against lafc so i'm gonna i'm gonna still give it to the red bulls even if they are missing but uh, okay. aaron long and lukinius at that there you go that's their names mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna give it to, to the red bulls Okay, well, I'm going to go a bit more skeptical for their prediction, and I'm just going to say it's going to end up being a draw. Uh, I think that their lower form will affect them, uh, Mm -hmm. as we saw them playing against LAFC, and I feel like Atlanta could take advantage of that, but just not enough to win the game. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that last matchup is going to be a draw for me. All right. Have we got any other games left? Uh, no, that is the last game that we will have. So, again, both of these games are going to be happening on Wednesday the 29th and on Thursday the 30th. All right. Nothing like a midweek match. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then on Thursday we'll be back with the review of these matches with Man. the preview for the weekend matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so uh that's basically the end of our episode uh, i feel like we got got into some good talk about the transfers hopefully lfc doesn't make another big transfer considering we have a dp slot open so if that doesn't happen yeah we'll talk about bop it. is going to be our next signing haven't you heard no, he was gonna, at the game he's gonna buy himself into the contract isn't that how they do it nowadays you go to the game you negotiate you know a piece of the team and then you just Sub yourself in. Yep. All right. Well, 
uh, that's going to be it for us for now. Uh, make sure to join us in the next episode. So, uh, see y'all later. See you later. <laughs>